everyone, and welcome back to the Sturk and Ozza Sports Show. I'm Oliver from Rugby League, my opinion here, joined by Sturk from Here Comes the Boom. How are you, man? I'm pretty good, mate. How about yourself? Oh, um, a bit rushed, a bit busy, so I know most of the people won't care, but I've got to explain myself to Luke because I was a bit tardy and a bit late getting to the, to the, um, the podcast tonight. Basically, I've got my girlfriend coming over to sleep over. I've got to organise dinner. We're also, of course, because here in Australia, the COVID rules have um, been lessened, so you can have five people to a house. So me and her are just going to a, to a friend's house later. We're planning that, trying to sort out what's happening. So, yeah, had, had to wait until there was some confirmation and get dinner sorted, and it was it was a whirlwind. But I'm here now, so... We can have a bit of a bit of a chat about sport. That's the main thing. Yeah, no, I appreciate that, mate, and no issues. I'm glad you made some time, and yeah, let's get cracking, eh? Yeah, well, I guess to start off, to keep on this current topic, what are the laws like in New Zealand currently, man? Because obviously in Australia, as of today... Um, a lot of businesses have reopened. They can have 10 people in restaurants um, and in businesses, as I said. And you can be in gatherings of up to 10 people outside and five people in your house, which I think is a bit odd because um, wouldn't it be more dangerous being in bigger groups out in public than if you're in your own home? You'd think it'd be 10 people in the home and five people out in public. But anyway, um, the point is the restrictions <laughs> have been... I guess, lessened, uh, lowered, yep. whatever you want to say over here in Australia. So what's currently happening in New Zealand? Um, yeah, they have lessened as well. I think it was yesterday they officially lessened. Uh, yeah, lessened is the right word. Um, so, yeah, no more than 10 people at gatherings. Um, it's a similar thing. You can now kind of cross into bubbles now. Yeah, and it's just making sure it's that 10 people thing. A lot of businesses are back open and the ones that aren't will be open on the Monday. Like I work at a school and we were had um, kids under level three, but only the ones that were um, children of essential workers. So now it's back on Monday, It's everyone's back in, but if they don't feel safe, they can stay. So stuff like that. Um, yeah, restaurants are open, but there is... A limit on how many people can be in there. I think pubs were pushed back a bit too. Yeah, same here. Yeah, and yeah, just it must be very similar. Um, organised sport is still nothing's going on, but there's talk going on, and it's that 10, 10 people scenario seems like it's going to be in place as well. So that's going to be very difficult as of. Thing I've seen in the past, I play hockey and we've got 11 on each side, you know, so that's going to be tough. So there's going to be some joking with that if it's going to be a shortened, you know, um, maybe like a five-a-side or even shorter than that. There's going to be some interesting scenarios or it's just trainings to start off with and then hopefully in a couple of months we get into some proper games. So, yeah, probably very similar to what's going on over there. And But, yeah, it's been a bit weird. I've been getting out and about a little bit, you know, obviously still following the guidelines, yep. but it's good to get out, but man, it, it's the best way to explain it, it's weird, you know, we 
we haven't experienced anything like this, and it's just, and everyone's in the same boat. You see people shell shell shocked. Some people have kind of been still working under level four and that, so they're kind of used to it. Um, but at the end of the day, I think a lot of the general community are following the rules in place. You, you get a couple definitely testing the boundaries, and but at the end of the day, people are kind of self-consciously just keeping their distance and just, you know, knowing what's the right thing to do, which is really good to see. Yeah, well, I was going to, from what the news that we've got over here in Australia, New Zealand is one of the best countries in terms of how they've managed this um, this pandemic. They locked down pretty early. Um, and, you know, was it your first, was this the first time today that your restrictions were eased because we've had, um, I think it was last week or two weeks ago, our restrictions were eased and now they're being eased even more today. So mm. we're in stage two of easing the restrictions. Is it stage one for you guys right now? So it was stage two for um, oh, maybe even a week or a weekend, something like that. And then quickly with the the case was going, case numbers were going up and up. It just skipped basically one day at level three, went straight to level four. Then we're at level four for four weeks. They reviewed it, went down to level three, which is basically it was, um, how did the, it was very similar. There was just a couple minor adjustments. And then, so that was about two weeks, and now we've gone down to level two. So yeah, we've had we're basically we're be, basically we're six weeks in lockdown. With two weeks of that was, you know, a bit looser, uh, and that's where you started to see people really pushing the limits. And right. now we're at level two stage. So okay, and level, I'm not really too sure what's in place at level one. So I don't know right. what the change is. It's probably just like a. Um, an increase in numbers for our teams and yeah, yeah, and all sorts. Well, there you go. Well, how about we uh change up the the COVID chat a bit and um talk about a bit of bit of rugby league to kick things off. Sounds good. Well, I guess to sort of transition, you know, today in Australia, a lot of things have loosened. So obviously, we knew uh, stage two of the restrictions easing. Um, was happening today, but what we didn't know today is that one the draw for round three and round four in the NRL have been released, plus the dates for all three Origin games. Plus, not sure if you saw this, um, the AFL have confirmed they're returning June the eleventh. So, I see that. Yeah. So there's there's a few things that have happened today. Uh, as well, so you know that's good to see the AFLs getting back um, as well. Um, although we're predominantly rugby league people, it's good to see oh. all sports in Australia uh, exactly. getting back to some normality. So it's good to see the AFL coming back. But we're going to talk a little bit about this draw. Um, first thing I want to ask: um, what what game are you looking forward to the most in round three and round four? Um, to be fair, I have looked at it, and I'm just going to bring it up just to refresh my memory. Um, I can remember off the top of my head that the Storm are versus the Raiders yeah. and the Raiders. Yeah, I thought so, you'd pick one of those. 
So straight away I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty um, straight into it. But I've, to be honest, it's definitely the first game, Broncos Eels. Yeah. And uh, they've actually, they've had some interesting results in the past too. I know the Eels have handed them a few results, obviously last year, and a 58-0 bumping in the finals. And there's been, I'm, I will, I think it was 20, oh, I could be wrong about the year. It could be 2016, 2017. The Eels scored a try within 13 seconds against them. Yeah. They that long and then there was a loose ball. And yeah, so I remember that one vividly. So it would probably have to be that game. Two teams that are undefeated as well. Eels, you know, a lot of people tip them to win the premiership. And the Broncos were probably... A team that I I wasn't as high on as I have been in the future years, and they've got some good wins against the Cows and the Rabbitohs, who I have in my top eight. So yeah. that's probably the game that sticks out for me, other than my my own team and Roosters Rabbitohs. Can't yeah. get past Roosters Rabbitohs either. Yeah. Um, well, just on your point about you know the Eels and the Broncos wins in the first two rounds, they definitely both looked impressive. However, for the Eels. Well, they beat the Bulldogs in I game one. Impressed. Yeah, yeah. Carry on, sorry. Yeah, um, I've, I've, the Eels beat the Bulldogs, who I have fourteenth on the ladder, and then they go and beat the Titans, who I have fifteenth. Yeah, on the ladder. So for me, yes, they've won their first two games, and I do think they'll finish relatively well. But they've not necessarily proven anything by beating those teams. You know what I mean? Because I expected them to win their first two. Um, the Broncos, they beat the Cowboys. Now, I didn't have the Cowboys in my top eight personally either. I had them around the same spot as the Broncos. So, really, for me, either way, it's like, okay, this could be an impressive victory, but I've got to see a bit more. Then beat the Rabbitohs. I was impressed. I've got the Rabbitohs in my top eight. Um, however, the Rabbitohs' second half against the Sharks, although they got the win, was poor. And it was to the point where I know it's weird to say the Rabbitohs got the win, but I think the Sharks might have been the better side, or at least it was very much a game of two halves, and the Rabbitohs were a bit better in the first half than the Sharks were in the second half, but geez, um, they really let up the Rabbitohs in that second half, and they obviously lost to Brisbane in round two. Um, yeah, uh, that Rabbitohs Roosters game, though, it'll be interesting to see. Both, yeah, because both very teams are sort of out of form. If I had to pick right now, I'm picking the Roosters. Um, yes, well, the Roosters, they have lost their first two and everyone's up and I'm saying, oh, the Roosters, they're crap now, you know. Um, oh, they're not going to win the three-peat. And people are getting so confident about it that I feel like it's more wishful thinking. And because they've got that little inkling, that little taste, you know, the Roosters have lost their first two games. They thought, oh, well, that's it. You know, it's done. It's over. People are acting like it's impossible. It's certainly mm. not. And if we look at the results... They were beating Penrith, I believe, at halftime of that game in round one. And then Penrith came back in the second half. They had to come back and beat the Roosters. Against Manly in round two, they lost by a point. You know what I mean? It's not like they got flogged by the Titans and the Warriors, if you get what I mean. They went up against two, especially Manly, quality opposition, and Penrith, a team who could be on the rise in 2020. And they... Just lost. It's not like they were flogged. So, what's your perspective on everyone riding off the um, the roosters already? Do you think it's a bit more wishful thinking and people just quickly jumping on this result? 
I think it is definitely that, mate. You know, we're sick of. I should should say that a bit softer, but we're bit, we're sick of the Roosters. You know, we're sick of them back to back. It was a great achievement. Obviously, the first team to do it since the Broncos. Um, but yeah, I think it is that. Oh yeah, as soon yep. as I think you know, to start, it's like yep, they're running off. Got to remember the Cowboys back in yeah. 2015. I yep. lost their first three games or first three, yeah. four, yeah, something like that. And they then bet Melbourne and a couple of field goals from JT. And then it kind of, yeah, and yeah, they obviously went on to win the grand final. I remember it's obviously later on the season. Storm lost five or something in a row. And then they bet the Broncos in the final. So they go for their slumps. And I think a lot of people look at the slump. Is it's the only evidence we've got of what the Roosters have produced so far. Um, we haven't seen them win a game yet, but the, the teams win two in a row. A lot of premierships teams go for these little, um, you yeah. know, loss loss streaks, you know, predominantly, and they haven't even been playing bad like you like you said. And I think the Sharks like oh yeah, definitely too. You know, one. The, it was a touchy forward pass call at the end, I believe, to come back against the Rabbitohs that let them down. They were, I, I can't really remember. I watched this game from first minute to 80th minute, but if they'd bet the Storm, you could easily say they were the better. Yeah, there's a big argument to make that they were the better team than yeah. the Storm that night as well. Storm um, have do have issues with the Sharks, but yeah, they're, they're another team. Sharks are a team I'm not high on this year either. They're one of the teams I had dropping out of the eight, but I wouldn't be surprised if they made the top eight. Um, I did a podcast with mate a few, yeah, a couple a week prior to the season starting, and we only had four teams that we didn't see pushing for the eight, like um, that we would be surprised would make the eight, and that was so the Titans, the Bulldogs, the Warriors, and the Dragons. They were the four, t- and a lot of people. Could actually have the yeah. dragons in there, like yeah. based on their roster. But they are the four teams that I was definitely not too keen on, um, and the other twelve I could really see pushing in. Um, the West Tigers a bit funny for me, but I do understand. I think Madge Maguire is a huge X factor for yeah. that. You know, he just elevates him. Uh, you could rank him up among the yeah. top coaches. So, yeah, I think people are just hoping that that Owen to start from the Roosters is you know, a sign for things to come, but they'll, yeah, I think they'll bounce back against the Rabbitohs. I would tip them to win at this stage, but we've still got a few weeks, two weeks, in fact, to see if there's any significant changes yeah, there. Well, it's good to see that we are uh, we're on the same terms there with the Roosters, because I think a lot of people are tip, uh, riding the Roosters off already, which I don't think is a good idea. You've got to remember as well. I, th- I think also they've, they've noticed that I've, I haven't seen too much myself, but maybe because it's like, oh, yeah, take away yeah. Kronk, take away Latrell, and this is what. I hate that thinking because I think Kronk's impact and why I believe he might be one of the more valuable signings in the recent NRL era isn't, in fact, what he did on the field. Yeah. Yes, that's important. But I think it's just gonna, he's still going to be in there, but also just he's t- taught them how to win. He's taught them all these little things that he's 
learnt from his career. And he's going to be a guy that I Flanagan will be his own yeah. player. He will be playing his own game. But there will be shades. Yeah, there already him. is. He's you know, already what? he's already exactly. got comparisons from when he was at Cronulla. If I can jump in, if you don't mind, um, um, yeah, no, just. just on Kronk, I hate that argument because if you look at 2019, yes, Kronk was still one of the key players at the Roosters, but I'd argue he was no longer the guy. The guy... Oh, same, bro. I, the guy at the Roosters would have likely been that Dalian medal winner, right? James Tedesco. And you talk about the likes of Luke Keary who proved in that 2018 grand final yes Cooper Cronk played the grand final yes he was very influential it was an amazing moment playing with a broken shoulder he did not do much in that game in terms of on the ball Luke Keary directed that side around the park pretty much on his own and yes I know Cooper would have been in his ear but I'm talking about actually doing it that was Luke Keary he's proven on the biggest stage he can control a team in attack and win a Clive Churchill medal in a grand final. I think, you know, so if you're talking about direction and who's going to lead the Roosters in attack, it's Luke Keary. And yes, he can do it because he's proven it in a grand final. You, you know, so, um, sure. Can I, I want to put this in a nice way because he was a, a superstar talent or I think he did definitely lose some of what made him like a top five player years ago. He was like a superstar elite player playing a complimentary half role and I say that in the highest respects. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. It's a good thing. He knew his role and he he wasn't asked too much because they've got the most stacked team out there so he didn't have to do that and there was probably something his body, his age was limiting him to do certain things that he used to. So he was just a guy that was um, too experienced, too well equipped to be in that role. But that perfectly because, and he was allowed to do that because the guy and Luke Carey, who some may consider as the best number six in the comp, I definitely have him at least top two, top three. Yeah, he was yeah worked brilliantly, and not to mention all the other players in that team as well. Exactly. Um, yeah, I just wanted to make that point about Cooper Krong and Latrell Mitchell as well leaving. Well, they've got Josh Morris now. Arguably the best out-and-out centre in the competition still. I mean, he played he played that Origin game last year and was amazing when he was really just filling in. Um, so I, I think they've certainly got uh, someone who is not at the peak of their powers but still a suitable replacement in Josh Morris, so I don't think we write the Roosters off yet. Um, now I sort of want to talk about a team people were writing off in the preseason, and I never saw it because they've been writing them off the past two, three years. It's your boys, the Melbourne Storm, off to, you know, uh, well, that Cronulla game, you did say that Cronulla were looking very good, but they're off to a, a cracking start to the season. 2-0, and I mean, the... The Melbourne train just keeps on, keeps on going from station to station. I guess you can say, <laughs> like, I. Why do people again, wishful thinking? People keep saying every year Melbourne are going to finally drop out of the eight this year. They're going to drop out of the top four this year. And, yeah, and they're pulling at strings. It's like 
there's more evidence to say Melbourne will continue to perform at a higher level than there isn't. But because there's a couple of reasons to suggest that they might not, I think a lot of people are hyping up those reasons and turning them into definites because they don't want to see Melbourne do well. Yeah, I think a lot of it does come down to that. It's just like we see with the Roosters, just get sick of seeing, I don't want to say dominance, but the same team, you know, consistently performing. Yeah. And, yeah, you get bored of seeing that. And it's understandable, but come on, like, people do yeah. get a bit carried away. Like, they generally do preach that, yeah, yeah. this is the year and all that. With the – and people will make – Arguments like, yes, they lost players, you know, like obviously when Slater was injured, yep, ruled them out. What happened? They made the grand final. Cronk was gone. They still made the grand final. And there was a couple um, people that have left this year and there's people leaving in the future. But the thing is, not one player makes a team. And it's it's there. It's in the, it's in the system. I think we've, I think we've talked about it before. Well, Craig Bellamy is... Arguably the most important piece of that, but just the management, coaching in place. Look at all the coaches that have buggered off from the storm and have had huge success. My tip for coach of the year this year is Adam O'Brien because I just think he is going to have learned from the Roosters and the storm the things that you need to win. It's not all about the talent, and that stuff doesn't go away. I will say, though, the one... Player, I do think when Cam Smith leaves, we are definitely going to see the same reactions, and it'd be the one I tend to be. It's the it's the guy that I've always been concerned out of everyone leaving: Cronk, Slater, Smith. If there's yeah. one guy that's going to affect our team the most if he departed, it's Cam Smith because no one can replicate what Cam Smith does. Um, and I'm not saying you can replicate what Billy and um, Cronk do either, but it's more you see it more in grand terms. You don't see guys dominate in the rack like Smith yeah. does. Josh Hodgson is probably the only exception, and Cook does it in a different yeah. way, where it's a more running based game. But he's the one guy. But it's just it's in it's in the coaching, it's in the system, it's the players buy him. We've seen some guys like I always think of the likes of Chase Blair. You know, make just make a name for themselves at the Storm. Yeah. And guys, guys get off the bigger big contracts because they've made, yeah, they've done that. Blake Green was a guy that I was another guy that I really enjoyed watching. He was a guy that just brought in, and he's um yeah he's a great player. It is but just yeah players like that just come in, and it's something it's it's, it's a lot of lot to do with Craig Bellamy and just the culture as well. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree with you more, man. Um, just on Cameron Smith leaving, I think that's when Melbourne might see a bit of a dip. But in terms of a bit of a dip, I'm not so confident. I even mean they drop out of the top four. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I think we will, but Craig Bellamy is a super coach. They've got all that young talent coming through, especially from the Sunshine Coast Falcons, who, although they didn't win the competition last year, they were having, I'm not sure if it was a record season, but they were having one of the most dominant seasons in Queensland Cup history. You know, They were performing similarly to how Melbourne were in the NRL. And then I think, unfortunately, they had a similar fate to Melbourne going out in the preliminary final. So 
there's definitely a lot of promise um, at, at the Melbourne Storm at the moment. And as long as Craig Bellamy's still at the helm, I don't know if I can see Melbourne dropping out of the top eight. Like, I just can't. As I said, uh, as I've said before, Smith, Cronk, Slater, huge key components to the Melbourne Storm in terms of the playing group. But I'd argue the most important piece, the most important member of that Melbourne Storm team is Craig Bellamy. Because mm. if it's not for Craig Bellamy, he doesn't bring those three players up. He doesn't have the faith in them. Um, doesn't have the faith to play hooker, Cooper Cronk, in the halves. Doesn't have the faith to play halfback, Cameron Smith, at hooker. Yes, um, as a lot of people now know, Cameron Smith and Cooper Cronk switch positions when they come to first grade. They were originally playing each other's role growing up. Cameron Smith was a half. Cooper Cronk was a hooker. I believe that was Matty Johns when he was doing some work with, I know, Cooper Cronk at least. He helped him transition into the halves. Um, but, you know, for Craig Bellamy to give that the, the okay, the approval, and really get behind these guys playing in these new positions, it's just crazy, man. And I can't see if he can do it with those guys and get the best out of three of the greatest of all time, then why can't he do that again? You know what I mean? Yeah. It's always crazy about that Cronk one because he just looks like a halfback, doesn't yeah. he? Like he, because he's so, he's so fo- he's just got all the skills to speak halfback. And to think that he wasn't always like that, you think that's just how he was when he was in the low grades in high school, all that. And just the, yeah, he's oh, it, it, that one always gets me because I can see I can't see any other position for Cronk. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's just a credit, just hard work and just being able to, and like the likes of Matty Johns and the coaches and just being able to see that. Um, I don't know, do you have any other things about the NRL? Because I just thought about something that we can talk, continue on with the NRL. But I was just thinking about some of the great career tr- transitions, position-wise, I should say. Okay, look. The likes of lock uh, from fullback to five eight. I was seeing um a old interview on the fan Ruben Wiki to centre to to prop. Luke Lewis has shifted around the whole the whole thirteen basically. Yeah, is it any that have stuck out for you that have been really impactful? Maybe for your team in the Titans or ones that have even been that impactful that they've been premiership wanting moves. Um, not necessarily the Titans and you can probably understand why because they've not really been the most successful club yep. so uh, not a, positional changes haven't really had a huge impact although I will say in round one Philip Sammy at fullback the Titans may oh, have yeah. lost he was looking good so maybe we're, we're in the midst of a great positional change right now you know, it'll be interesting to see, you know, Latrell Mitchell's gone from centre to fullback, all the hype's around that. Philip Sammy's sort of quietly gone from the wing to fullback, and although his team um, haven't been getting the results, as an individual, I'll say, I'd say he's benefited thus far from moving to fullback. So we'll have to wait and see with that one, but one, an all-time one that I think um, was a great positional change was Darren Lockyer from fullback to 5'8 for the Brisbane Broncos. Uh, definitely, yeah, one hundred percent. You could definitely argue he was the best. Like, I don't know if I'd go and say this, but I wouldn't 
you know, I wouldn't be offended by this comment at all. You could arguably say he's the best fullback all, of all time and the best 5'8 of all time. Ooh, I, I don't... I, I wouldn't personally say that, but I would... Um, wouldn't, you know, I would listen to the argument for both. So, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I don't like to say someone's the best player of all time or the best player in this position of, of all time. And I'm not sure if I've talked to you about it before, but I think you can understand why. Um, yeah. It's because the game has changed so much over the years, right, that it, it's pretty much completely different. So, for example, a lot of people say Billy Slater is the greatest fullback of all time, right? You go back and look at the likes of a Clive Churchill. He was they paved the way. Paved the way. Not only was a great fullback, he literally changed the way the fullback position was played. I'm not sure if you knew this, but traditionally, what a fullback would do, their main role was one defense. They were that second line of defense, which they always have been. But two, if the ball was kicked to them on the fifth and last down the other end of the field, their job was to grab the ball and kick it straight back. So they wouldn't, you know, so they wouldn't have the ball in their own half. That that was mm. mainly it. But what Clive Churchill would do, this little guy, you know, he would shock defences because instead, when he got the ball, instead of kicking it back, he'd run it. And what do we see the likes of a Billy Slater or a James Tedesco do today? They certainly don't kick the ball back. They no. run it. So, you know, I got, anyway, that's just my little nitpicky thing about that. Uh, I'm not saying Clive... It's- that's all good because I completely understand where you're coming from because there's been a lot of, um, obviously, the American me- media and websites, yep. they love a good debate and they always compare errors. And oh, I'm really, I'm I'm sick of it. I see all of them in newsfeed. Every second interview is about MJ versus LeBron. And it's just really impossible to compare. You know, it's everything. You know, the athletes are different now. The team structures are different now. The roles, like you said, Clive Churchill, he paved the way. Yep. So for without you can say one of the players today is the greatest of all time, but without these guys back in the sixties, seventies, you know, whatever, even earlier, there wouldn't be, you know, the superstar exactly. talent today. Yeah. So yeah, I completely understand. So I just wanted to say that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I'm happy to name like greatest players of a generation or of an era, yes. because I feel like obviously you're comparing them to their own. You're not comparing them to some guy who played 50 years in the past or so. I'm sorry to hijack your topic too. I went off on a bit of a tangent there. Oh, it's good. It's good to get it off the chest because then we've got more understanding of what, you know, your thoughts are on that side and the same with me. So, no, it's good to know. Yeah, man. Well, um, are there any other NRL topics you'd like to get to? Oh, Origin. Have you seen the the Origin? Yeah. Yes, and I, I thought we were going to get to that today. Um, I So I've been, when, I guess I'm a traditionalist in the fact that as soon as I saw they wanted to do Origin again, I love Origin, like I've said yep. before, my favourite rivalry. Something about it, I was like, just don't do it this year. Just something okay. about it, I was like, no. Nah. Yeah, just, just originally, but I thought back, I was like, no. Nah. We've got to, yes, this is the best thing. You know, we've got to give the fans something. Everyone, oh, I could... I went on a little moan for five minutes. So, no, nah, I'm not watching it. It won't be the same. It's like, Luke, you're going to watch it, mate. Yeah. You know, be honest with yourself. And it's one of those things like you you, you can go back in time. Like, hey, remember when we watched Origin with no crowds? It was all shifted, but it still continued. We were there. We watched it. We can tell our 
tell our kids that, tell our, you know, we can talk about that in time. It'll be one of those moments where at the time we don't realise how special it is. Obviously, it's unfortunate circumstances, but it'll be a moment in history that we'll be able to retell. But I, so they've shifted back after the grand final. They've, and it might be because of a scheduling issue, but they're going three, three weeks back to back to back. That's, and there's going to be, there's obviously there's going to be injury potential, of course, and that that concerns me that you're going to be um, one of the teams could potentially be really impacted by a potential injury because they've only got a week to recover, and New South Wales are deeper, and that's you know that's you know a plus in their size. Like I shouldn't, you know, we talked about depth before with the NBA teams. You know, that's a that's a cue in there, but um, that's one of the things that, you know, that's a plus for them. So we shouldn't, it shouldn't be an asterisk, but it's just, it, I, I'm just scared about that factor of it. That was my first thought when I saw back to back to back games. Oh, yes, it's seven days, but, you know, injuries last longer than seven days. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I know your thoughts too, so about that. That's all good. Well, uh, you just mentioned the thing about no crowds in Australia right now. If all goes well, the way things are looking, currently I believe um, since May the 2nd, um, there haven't been more, we haven't had double digits in new cases. So it's been nine or less every day. Um, Mm. And I think maybe we even had a day where we had no new cases a couple of days ago, if I'm correct. And there have been, you know, over, I believe over half the people in Australia who have gotten the virus have since recovered. So if all goes well and if there isn't a sudden spike, by November, we should have crowds back. And I think that's why the NRL have scheduled Origin then. Yeah, I think that's, good. I think that's why. Um, so I, I think, you know, if, if things go the way they are now, we will have crowds at origin and you know what the grand finals the week before we'll have a crowd at the grand final which which will be good um so i like it um i'm per- i'm personally fine with it uh the injury um toll especially it it's not really look you're not really too concerned about most of the players it's just those players who have played in the grand final the week before that's oh sorry it'll be a week or two weeks before yeah, but so ask that's you, the... how long is it after the grand final? Is because the grand final is October twenty fifth. Yeah, it? so it, it'd be it's nine days later, so hmm. a bit over a week. It, it'll be interesting to see even how camp Origin camp goes. Um, will they join camp later? Will there be a proper Origin camp? Um, I'm not sure. Yeah, but. You know, when you think about it too, if there are injuries, etc., it, it will likely it, it it will likely be to normal reasons that we have injuries. Because when you think about it, okay, if a player plays all three origins and plays every game up until a grand final, so what's that? We've got twenty five rounds plus. Let's say they play every finals game to twenty five rounds. Uh, 29 games plus the three origin games, that's 32 games. 
they've played. Um, we're having 20 rounds this season, plus four Origin games. That's 24. Uh, sorry, not four Origin games, plus four finals games, including your own final. That's 24. Only 27 games if they play all Origins too. So yeah. they're actually playing less than if they were, than if this was a normal season, I guess, to put things into perspective a little bit. So... Yeah, um, yeah. I, I get what you mean, though. Um, it, it is a valid argument, but yeah, uh, no, yeah, it, just, weird. I'm, I'm, I'm not sure how big an impact, how big a, an issue it is for me. You still there, man? Hello. So, mate, you're cutting in and out quite a bit, so I've been missing Look at that. Oh, sorry. Oh, no, I wasn't speaking. Yeah, no, I was just saying was, if you were still there. some funny stuff as well for about a minute or so. So I um, I got a, I got an idea. I got a little bit of it, but, yeah, I did miss a bit of it. So apologies about that. Yeah. That's right, man. i tell you what, though. Um, we might have to cut it uh, – off early tonight because as I said got the the partner coming over and everything and she's just got here and we're we're working out dinner now in the background as I'm talking so I better let you go man I'm sorry it's been a shorter one this week I'm I I do sincerely apologize for my tardiness um I won't be like that again next week I promise you man um but thank you so much again for giving me your time coming on for a chat Stoke it's been heavily and are related today, understandably. Um, but thank you guys for listening, if you are. And I'll hand it over to Sturk. To yeah, cheers out. for listening, guys. Yeah, uh, it was good to even just get a little bit of content out there. And, yeah, we'll be back better than ever next week, eh, Oza? Yeah. Definitely. See you later, guys.